Hi, welcome to Health Now from WebMD. I'm your host, Carrie Gann. This podcast is your go-to for easy to understand health information. Next week is the 4th of July, and what's more festive than fireworks? The key is to enjoy them legally and safely. And with good reason, an average of 250 people go to the ER with fireworks injuries every day during the month around Independence Day. The most injured body parts are hands and fingers, that's about 33% of those injuries, followed by heads, faces, and ears at 28%. And more fires are reported on July 4th than any other day of the year. The safest way to enjoy fireworks is to grab your lawn chair or blanket and head to a professional show. But if you're going to shoot them off yourself, and of course it's legal to do that where you live, here are a few safety tips. Don't let young kids light or play with fireworks. And when older kids are using them, parents should always supervise. Even something that seems tame, like sparklers, can burn up to 2,000 degrees. That's hot enough to melt metal, so you really have to be careful. Don't try to relight or pick up fireworks that haven't fully ignited, even if you're not sure whether or not the fuse was lit. And light fireworks one at a time. Don't put them inside a container like a glass bottle or a can either. Point them away from people, homes, and anything flammable, and as soon as they're lit, back up to a safe distance. It's also a good idea to keep a bucket of water or a garden hose nearby, just in case something goes wrong. And once the burned fireworks have gone off, put them in water for a few hours before you throw them away. Also, don't forget about your pets. Many animals get very stressed by the loud noises this time of year. So keep pets inside when you or your neighbors are shooting off fireworks. They're likely to bolt and run, which greatly increases the odds that they'll get hurt. You can also talk to your vet about other ways you can help your pet stay calm and safe. And if you're heading to a party or a parade or a fireworks show, it's best to leave your pets at home. Consider putting them in a safe room or a crate when there are fireworks going off. And there's no reason that fireworks can't be part of your holiday fun. Just make sure you play it safe. You probably already know that exercise is a key part of taking care of conditions like diabetes and heart disease. But did you know that it can also help you treat depression? Studies show that it works. Researchers have found that both aerobic exercise and strength training can help. But the exact dose of exercise that you need is still a bit of a question, and there aren't a lot of specific guidelines around how to use exercise as a treatment. So we wanted to get some guidance from Dr. Michael Smith. He's our chief medical editor and also a certified personal trainer. Welcome back, Dr. Smith. Oh, great to be here. It seems like the guidelines are pretty vague about how you should use exercise for depression. What are some of the studies, basically? Right, so we don't have specifics. Let me go through a couple of the studies that have specifically looked at using exercise to treat depression. And, and be clear, it really is a treatment for depression. So there are a couple of studies that looked at 30 minutes a day, three to four times a week. There's even one that looked at 30 minutes a day for 10 straight days. And all of those showed a significant decrease in depression symptoms. Hmm. So we're, we're seeing that even three to four times a week, and that also we're actually seeing pretty quick effect because the study looked at 10 days. So I would say work up towards the amount of exercise that we would recommend generally, 30 minutes a day, 
five days a week, but you're not going to go from doing nothing today to that. So even if five or 10 minutes is what you got in you today, start there. Okay, that makes sense. So it sounds like even a little bit of exercise as you're starting out, could you could see some sig significant improvement in your symptoms. What would you say for the average person, how long before they could expect to feel different? Well, the studies looking at exercise, most of them look at about a six week period. So what's interesting about that is antidepressants take about six weeks to actually have their oh. maximum effect. Now you're gonna start seeing some effect after a couple of weeks. So I would say the same thing for depression. Now we see at six weeks you're having significant effect, but you're probably going to notice some difference even after a couple of weeks. So just hang in there. I know when you have depression, you're thinking, like, how am I supposed to muster up the energy exactly. to exercise? So to be clear, like, when would we recommend the use of exercise? So if you have mild to moderate depression, meaning you're able to go about your day, you're able to do your daily responsibilities, then you probably have mild to moderate depression, right? You're not having suicidal thoughts, nothing really serious like that. Mm -hmm. But you're obviously having symptoms of depression and your doctor has diagnosed with that. You could actually consider using exercise alone as treatment for your depression. Now, obviously, if you're just not able to take the first steps towards that, then maybe you want to use exercise in combination with something like an antidepressant. We always know that combination treatment's best for depression anyway, like medication and therapy, same, th same thing here. You combine exercise with what any other treatment for depression, and you're just gonna magnify the effect and, and you're gonna do even better. That makes sense. What is the line between using exercise alone or knowing when you need to really speak to a doctor or a psychiatrist and get some therapy or maybe some type of antidepressant? Well, first you need to get diagnosed, right? right? So if you're feeling you know, blue or sad or you're having feelings or you just don't want to do things you used to want to do, if you're having trouble getting up in the morning, you know, if your appetite's not that great or you're gaining weight or losing weight, if there's a lot going on like that, don't just stay at home. Get, get to your doctor, get a diagnosis. And if you do get diagnosed, if your doctor does think you have depression, have that conversation with them and tell them you would actually like to try to see if regular exercise might help your depression. What does your doctor think about that? Your doctor will help you understand if you can, are in more of that mild to moderate range versus severe, that you're likely gonna know, right? If you're just really distraught from your depression, certainly if you're having something like suicidal thoughts, then exercise alone is not an appropriate treatment. Probably not enough. Right. And I'm sure it's not, it sounds like it's maybe not an all or nothing. If you try exercise and it doesn't work, you can go on and try something else. Absolutely, and we oftentimes have to do that with depression. The first antidepressant doesn't work, we try another one. So I would say if your doctor thinks you qualify, exercise alone is a wonderful treatment to give it a shot. And if not, then you can add on an antidepressant after that. I would imagine that if you are depressed, it's probably really hard to imagine getting up every day and getting out there and doing some sort of you know, strenuous or even moderate exercise. What are some tips or what would you say to someone to help them sort of get going? So it can be a, just a little bit, right? And I say this even for any type of exercise for any reason. Mm -hmm. It's not reasonable to expect someone to jump up today and start exercising for 30 minutes, right? That is too grueling, especially if you have depression. That's just, there's... That's, that's a lot. ...beyond what you're able to do. Mm -hmm. So even start with five minutes. It doesn't matter, right? Five minutes is going to be better than nothing and you're going to be better off today 
than you were yesterday. And to be clear, exercise is medicine. Yes. You know, it really does have significant impact on depression as well as many other things which we hear constantly about. So just understand that you don't have to go from zero to 100 overnight and you can take it slowly and work up to the 30 minutes a day, five times a week. Even if it takes you months to get there, it doesn't matter. That's great. Well, that's certainly interesting treatment news for a condition that affects a lot of people. So thanks so much, Dr. Smith, for telling us about it. Uh, my pleasure. If you're living with depression, you may feel pretty tired. A trip to the gym could seem like the last thing you want to do. It can sound really hard, but we have some tips that can help you get started and keep going. First of all, pick something you enjoy. Lots of people choose a sport or an activity because they think it'll be good for them, not because they like it. But if you treat exercise like a chore, you probably won't stick with it. Instead, try different activities until you find one or more that you can really get into. Some options to try would be swimming in a local pool, using a treadmill while you watch TV, or picking a workout you can stream at home. You could go outdoors for some hikes or take an exercise class. Find someone you can work out with. Exercising on your own can be really hard to stick to, but if you make plans to do it with someone else, you'll feel more committed. It can also be an opportunity to connect with another person. So make a date to walk or play tennis with a neighbor at a set time on specific days, or try a structured class like aerobics or yoga. And like Dr. Smith said, remember to start slow and break your exercise time up into shorter pieces. It will make it seem more manageable. And once you get going, try to do more every day. Work exercise into your day whenever and wherever you can. You could try taking a walking break instead of a social media break when you're at work. You can even set an alert on your phone that it's time to get up. Also, many fitness trackers will remind you that it's time to move and chart your activity levels. Over time, good habits like these can make a big difference in how you feel. If you're watching your weight or just trying not to cash in all your calories with one happy hour, then this segment is for you. It's our top five low-cal cocktails perfect for summer. Number five is a skinny pina colada with just 229 calories. That's about 300 fewer than the classic version. Blend one shot of coconut rum, fresh strawberries, and a splash of agave syrup with ice. You get a 12-ounce tropical cocktail for about the same calories as a handful of pretzels. Coming in at number four is a twist on a classic daiquiri. It has only 145 calories. Start with one cup of berries, either fresh or frozen, which is about 50 calories compared with the 255 you get from berries frozen with syrup. Then add rum, ice, and one teaspoon of stevia in place of sugar and blend. Number three, how about a lighter Bellini with your brunch? This one has just 120 calories. Mix two ounces of peach nectar, which is about half the usual amount, with four ounces of champagne. You can try the same trick with mimosas and cut the orange juice in half. Number two is a skinny vodka iced tea. This mix of lemonade and sweet iced tea is only 80 calories. Use low-cal lemonade and sweet tea flavored vodka. This specialty vodka has fewer calories than the traditional types. And number one, our skinniest choice, is our 75-calorie Slim Gin and Tonic. You may not know this, but tonic water has almost as many calories as soda, 
So use a zero calorie bubbly like seltzer or diet tonic instead. If you use seltzer, punch up the flavor with a squeeze of lime juice or a flavored seltzer. And here are some other tips to cut back on your cocktail calories. Go with 100% juice over mixes and sub in zero calorie sparkling water or diet tonic for soft drinks. Avoid creamed spirits or liqueurs. They can double the calories in your cocktails. Also, don't order an after-dinner drink. They're usually sweet. And skip the dessert wine. It has more calories than table wine. You can get more skinny cocktail ideas in our slideshow. Check out the show notes for the link. Now for some new information about an important way to prevent cancer. The American Cancer Society recently said that most people should start screening for colorectal cancer at age 45 not age 50, which was the previous advice. If you dread screening because you think it means getting a colonoscopy, just know that there are more options out there. There are tests that check your stool to look for hidden blood or for DNA that points to possible colon cancer. The Cancer Society doesn't recommend one screening method over the other. The reason for these new guidelines? More people under age 55 are getting diagnosed with this type of cancer each year. Experts say it's an alarming rise. A person born in 1990 is now more likely to get colorectal cancer than someone born in 1950. And it's not clear why those rates are going up. Now, earlier screening has always been recommended for people who are at a higher risk of colorectal cancer, such as African-Americans, those with a family history of the disease, or people with Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis. Most other medical groups still recommend that people start to screen at age 50. So the best advice to protect yourself from cancer is always to talk with your doctor to decide when to start screening. And also, you should see your doctor right away if you have any troubling symptoms, such as changes in your bowel habits that last more than a few days, belly pain or cramping, your stool looks dark or has visible blood in it, or you lose weight without trying. And for most young people, these symptoms won't mean you have cancer, but it's always best to check them out with your doctor. Okay, it's time for our tweak of the week, the one simple thing to do this week to make yourself healthier and happier. And in this case, give your brain a boost. Do something that will give your mind a workout. Just like your body, your brain needs exercise to stay sharp and stave off memory loss and you won't get it from just watching TV or scrolling mindlessly online. It could be crosswords or a brain training app, reading books or writing, or maybe you play board games with friends or family. You could even sign up for adult education classes or take music lessons. If you do it on a regular basis, you'll build up your thinking, memory, and focus over time. Just think of it as cardio for your brain. That's all we have for this week. Thanks for joining us. And if you haven't already, be sure to check out WebMD on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. We have some great information and the latest in health news too. Hope everybody has a great week.